very intense tunes bringing us in on this <laughs> Wednesday morning. <laughs> I'm picturing, is that a person on the triangle? Is that what instrument we were hearing earlier? Don't ever I doubt the triangle guy. Okay? I'm not. No, I'm saying He's talented. 100%. People I mean, the, often the, disregard him. The percussion section. Or her. Yeah, them. <laughs> uh, the percussionist is is often can be overlooked. You're right, but but a uh, an astute percussionist can add so much. Yeah, uh, including more cowbell whenever you need it. <laughs> Jesperson and Hicks here with you on this June first morning. Uh, good morning to you. We have an amazing show in store. Andrea Wu is going to join us. Uh, she's waking up early on the West Coast. The journalist for the Globe and Mail has covered. Uh, health stories and, and angles on Canada's opioid crisis and the mental health supports that, that uh, you know, advocates are calling for, et cetera. And uh, she's quarterbacking the Globe and Mail's coverage of BC's move to decriminalize so-called hard drugs. That's coming up in just a bit. Plus, actress and model Ashley Callingbull, uh, the first Indigenous woman to appear in Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Issue, no big deal, is going to join us on the show. And Donovan Workin as well, three-time world improv champion. We're not messing around on this Wednesday, and I'm really excited about it. This show is presented by our friends at Bitcoin Well. You know, they've been with us ever since episode one of Real Talk, way back in November of 2020. And Bitcoin's been all over the map since then. That's kind of part of it. It's it's part of a new thing, right? Everyone's trying to make sense of it. Everyone's trying to figure it out. Is it for them? Is it not for them? Is it for their business? Should they offer opportunities for their employees to receive some of their salary in Bitcoin? These are some of the trends that we're seeing in workplaces. But you don't know if it's a right fit for you, right? You'd love to talk to a real human about it, right? That's where I'm at anyway. That's why I go to Benny at Bitcoin Well. You can find them under the Sponsors tab on our website, ryanjesperson.com. Real Talk starts right now. Here's Ryan Jesperson. Should mention we're uh, loving. What are you laughing at? I'd love to be paid in Bitcoin if you want to. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of businesses that are doing that. In fact, and uh, have you seen that? There's some pro athletes that are that are having it uh, written into their contracts as well. They want to yeah. be paid in Bitcoin, and so it's it's one of these trends where some people would be like, "Hell no, I don't want that at all," and other people would be like, "That's something that would draw them to that business. They want to be paid like that." Kubi Energy has an initiative along those lines as well. So it's an interesting it. story to keep an eye on. Yeah. And then even if you're not being paid in Bitcoin, you go, well, you can just get paid and then you can go buy Bitcoin. But Mm -hmm. we don't tell you to buy Bitcoin on the show. We only tell you if you have questions about it, who you should ask. Uh, I saw a quote today. It was kind of funny. This is a bit of a local comment, although I think that people across Canada are probably going to be paying attention uh, to the NHL, the Stanley Cup Western (sighs) Conference final, the Colorado Avalanche, the Edmonton Oilers squaring off. Game one, not going exactly how Oilers fans wanted it to. But I think it was our friends at Oilers Nation this morning that that tweeted out a quote from FDR, uh, oil country, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. So down one after one game (laughs) in Denver. But uh, the way I see it, if you come back from Colorado with a split, if you can lose one, then win one, and then bring it home for two games, You'd be all right. Well, look at the history here. I mean, game one in every series here, you know, Mike mm-hmm. Smith hasn't performed well. We haven't performed well. I think we'll bounce back. Yeah. Yeah. So it's no big deal. You know, nobody yeah. thought NBD. Were, NBD. Nobody <laughs> thought you were going to sweep the Colorado Avalanche anyway. No. Right. And so every, everybody figured, well, folks I talked to anyway, that this series is going to go six or go seven games. Uh, my thought is Oilers in seven. It's what I'd love to see. Okay. And, uh, 
But Colorado flexing their muscles last night. Well, the final score eight six, I think, right? If I remember correctly, I stopped yeah. looking at eight six. What did I tell you though? They are just they are just fast. And McKinnon's fast just, he's and so, good. He's so ice smart. He just knows. Yeah, but so's <sighs> so's Connor. So is Leon. He is. You know, but I think like you get used to playing a team for you know six seven games, and then this one comes out, and yeah. you could tell the Oilers were just kind of like, oh, this isn't L.A. Yeah, <laughs> this yeah. isn't even Calgary. This yeah, is so a level you, up. And you and you've got both goaltenders uh, or goaltending tandems. We saw four goalies last night, mm-hmm. right? Uh, both teams had two goalies playing last night. Cost uh, not all great. at the same time. Koskinen came in and looked all right. Sort of a steady presence after mm-hmm. Smith, I think, let six in on 24 shots, something like that. Yeah, for a 750 save percentage, so a tough game one, but we'll see. Um, I, I love this. People are people are chiming in on what they'd like to be paid in, uh, what they'd like to be paid in with, with regards to what their workplace could offer. And this is, uh, yeah, there's some good ideas. Happy Cat says you could pay me in weed. Uh, sure. I mean, I guess it depends on how much you're getting paid and how much weed you need. Um, Haas wouldn't mind being paid in tulips. Uh, Jillian could be paid in travel points. Uh, she says, <laughs> "We just we just I moved our uh, <laughs> we just moved our business bank not our banking over, but we moved we we added a new business credit card into the mix, and a big sell on it was the uh, the travel points and the travel benefits nice. and, and the metal finish. Well, and the, well, the fact <laughs> the card's metal didn't hurt, but but uh, but the guy was like, yeah, and you can get all these travel points and redeem these travel things and." Uh, and uh, and I was sitting there thinking that that's great, but I'm just I've never been, and this is an indictment on me. This isn't a positive thing. I've never been the person to like collect the points, redeem the points. Not me. Either. I got sour on. Uh, well, I'll just say it on air miles a while ago. I got so sour. You do everything to get the air miles, and then you, you check like, buy and all like the toilet paper. You one. pump the gas at the certain place. Well, then you have thousands of air miles, and then you go to redeem them, and then it was like, well, and then there's this fee, and there's this, that, and the other, and we rented a, a vehicle on vacation once using our air miles, yeah, and it still cost me like 400 and something for the week, and I was like, why did we even use the air miles? What was the point? What's with the red tape? Come on. So now I just have a very polite, at, at the till, they'll say, do you have air miles? And I say, no, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> but I do. I'm, just, I'm not so much, I do, but <laughs> no, thank you. Um, how are you liking the coffee this morning, by it the way? It is uh, delicious. We've got the new coffee from, uh, what is it, On the Edge. This is, yeah, so Yegg Coffee Club, and uh, we're excited. They're the official coffee sponsor. They're the official coffee partner of Real Talk, Yegg Coffee Club. You can check them out at yeggcoffeeclub.ca. Uh, the deal is on the 15th of every month, so it's coming up. You've got two weeks to sign up right now for the next month. They ship out a locally roasted selection. It's a different roast every week, every month. Yeah. And then some little goodies in there too. Sometimes you get the little like granola balls or like little artisan chocolates or cool stuff like chocolate covered coffee beans. There's been different ones every month. Mm-hmm. And you can do like one pound if you need a pound a month. Um, or you can do like we do six pounds a month for the workplace, or you could do 30 pounds a month, depending on, on what you need. Uh, this month, on the edge coffee is the roaster. And the roast is the Red Rooster Breakfast Blend. And we are loving it. So shout out to Yegg Coffee Club at yeggcoffeeclub.ca. I've become such a coffee. I was like until the last like three years, I didn't drink coffee. My wife's obsessed with it. Now she's like, we get coffee every month now. She loved the last batch. What was that last month? Oh, you're putting me on the spot. I can't remember because there's a new roaster every single month. So it's really neat. You get to tour. The last one was out of the out of the neighborhood of Garneau, I remember. Mm -hmm. And people can go back and check our social media for it. But encourage you to check out yeggcoffeeclub.ca. We ran out of beans for like, what was it, two or three days? And I tried to sneak in. (laughs) 
some of those Keurig pods. <laughs> we knew right with, away. Well, you you <laughs> sniffed. I was actually really impressed. You sniffed it out right away. You were like, uh, "What's up with the coffee this morning?" I'm like, uh, "I was like, what do you mean?" <laughs> I knew exactly what we meant. Uh, Andrea Wu. In just a second, if you're listening to us on the podcast, let me try to uh, describe for you the photo that John's going to put up right now. This is the the pure joy on the face of a young man who has been presented with a Dairy Queen blizzard for <laughs> ticking off. Can, can you see Wyatt in his, he's in his gi here. This is his jujitsu gi. It's like Christmas morning. It looks oh man, like. look at that smile on his face. So this is outside the Dairy Queen. This is our home Dairy Queen. If you have home ice or home field, our home Dairy Queen is the Dairy Queen in Westmount in Northwest Edmonton. And uh, we have three things that we ask Wyatt Rudy to do every single time he shows up for jujitsu or swimming or piano lessons or hockey or whatever. We say the three things you need to do is listen to coach, right? Like listen to teacher, Mm -hmm. try your hardest and have fun. And if he ticked off all three, he was going to get himself a Dairy Queen blizzard. I said, did you try your hardest? Oh, yeah, dad. I said, did you listen to your instructor? Uh Uh-huh. And did you have fun? Dad. So there he is crushing the Oreo dirt pie blizzard i've told you about this one with the uh gummy worms in it he's loving it uh, there's uh, if you can see on the floor of the car there in the in the carrying thing what do you call that the tray you know the carrying tray for the blizzards yeah mom's got the strawberry cheesecake one and i was telling you that i went with the drumstick blizzard with peanuts these are all on the limited time aside from the strawberry cheesecake on the limited summer menu so if you want to get access to them you got to visit the dairy queens in northwest edmonton and sherwood park Let's say today, Palisades, <laughs> Nemeo, Newcastle, Westmount, and Baseline Road. And also, before we get to our leadoff interview this morning, also wanted to remind you, our friends at Sherwood and St. Albert Dodge, ready to welcome you to the dealerships this week, maybe into the weekend, or of course, online. You can always browse their inventory. You can ask them questions about the lineup, the Jeep lineup, Ram 1500, including that TRX everybody's talking about. If you want to make sure that there's nothing you can't pull, Ram is your truck. You'll find a better selection in Alberta at St. Albert and Sherwood Dodge than you will anywhere else. They can combine and share their inventories. The dealerships work together. They've got a sales and service record they're really proud of. We recommend them. And again, you can link to them off the Sponsors tab on our website. Well, British Columbia making national news yesterday and starting important conversations uh, as it becomes the first province in Canada, or will become, rather, to decriminalize possession of small amounts of so-called hard drugs like Mm -hmm. illicit fentanyl, heroin, cocaine, and methamphetamine. Uh, This after the province received an exemption from Ottawa to federal drug laws. Now, it's got advocates celebrating the move. It's got critics teeing it up and, of course, taking a few shots politically and otherwise. Andrea Wu is covering this, a journalist, longtime journalist with The Globe and Mail, who joins us live from Vancouver this morning. Thanks for waking up early for us, Andrea. It's nice to see your face again. My pleasure. It's great to see you, Ryan. Yeah. Hey, so can you give us some background to this? Like, this conversation's been going on for a while. Obviously, when we take a look at Canada's opioid crisis. We see a lot of action happening in Vancouver with regards to these supervised consumption services that have been running for, what, 30 years now, something like that. There have been a a couple of so-called pop-ups that have been helping people, trying to keep people, trying to prevent overdoses through the course of the pandemic. Measures have been taken, but still uh, this death toll, this opioid epidemic, uh, obviously grabbing the attention of decision makers leading to this one. Right. So as uh, as we are all too well aware, Canada is many years into this horrifying toxic drug crisis driven by an increasingly volatile drug supply. 
Um, so just as a little bit of context here in British Columbia in the 2000s, we had roughly 200 overdose deaths per year across the province. Last year, we had at least 2,236 people dead. Uh, it's It's been an, just a, a catastrophic rise in overdose deaths. Um, heroin has almost entirely replaced illicit fentanyl on the streets. And as of several years ago, uh, the, the fentanyl supply, the supply of down on the street is being cut with benzos. So when you walk through Vancouver, you will often see people slumped on the streets and unconscious for hours. And a lot of the times that's because of this benzo dope that even if you do not overdose from the opioids, that you are still rendered unconscious from the benzodiazepines and the drug supply. Um, we've had, you know, people overdose on the streets and, sorry, I keep looking out the window because I, I live in the downtown side. Um, we've had people overdose on the streets and be brought to hospital and are hit with naloxone and sitting in waiting rooms for five, six, seven hours as they're still unconscious uh, because of the benzos. Uh, so it's in this context that people are increasing pressure on government to do more. This widespread distribution of naloxone that we did many years ago and are still doing, um, the ramping up of supervised consumption services, investments in addiction treatment and youth mental health, all of this is very important and we absolutely need to be doing it, but we need to be doing a lot more. So when you, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I thought you were about to say something. Well, I was, uh, but I thought you were done, and I don't want to step on your toes. I want you to continue. Oh, I, I can ramble your whole show. <laughs> well, about no. well, you know what I was going to. You know what I was going to ask you, Andrea, is, is just like anecdotally. You said you said to us earlier. You said, oh, sorry, you, you, sorry, I'm, I'm looking out the window." And then I think I heard you say you live on the downtown east side. Is it? Are you like? Is that accurate? And if so, are you are you looking out and are you sort of seeing the scene? right there that you're describing to us? I mean, I know that the downtown east side is an incredibly busy neighborhood. It's a very diverse neighborhood. Uh, it is kind of ground zero. I mean, not to suggest that the opioid epidemic isn't affecting Canadians from every socioeconomic status in every neighborhood and every jurisdiction, but there is certainly sort of a grand central station ty type of a vibe to the downtown east side in Vancouver when we're talking about this. It, I don't think I will ever get used to the fact that it has become normal for people in the downtown side to all have naloxone kits. And, you know, like when I walk down the street, you look at people's fingers to see if they're turning blue, you look at their lips, like you know the signs. The fact that people who live in this neighborhood have become de facto first responders because things are that bad. And like, there's no day that you can walk around here without seeing fire, fire medics and paramedics. Like it, it's, it's insane. It's insane. I've, I've, I've talked to firefighters even in our home city of Edmonton and, and we hear stories anecdotally in Vancouver. I just talked to the filmmakers and, and a couple of the people feel, feel uh, featured in that really powerful documentary, Love in the Time of Fentanyl, just screamed at, uh, screened at the Global Visions or rather Northwest Fest, pardon me, uh, here in Edmonton. And so we, we know, I mean, there's, you know, firefighters will say there's a there's a pump responding to an overdose on the north side of the street as a pump rolls up to respond to an overdose on the south side of the street. Uh, I've had firefighters tell me on shift, you know, on an overnight, they might respond to 10 or 15 calls uh, related to fentanyl or drug poisoning uh, in one shift. I mean, to, to paint a picture of perspective here. So what's that doing or how is that shaping 
public attitudes, Andrea. Like we know that there are advocates and there are people working in that space and there are health officials that are tasked with coming up with a plan and this decriminalized uh, this move to decriminalize and we'll get into the details in just a second I guess is one of those steps but with regards to where the public is at I mean you found the words perfectly you don't think you'll ever get used to it because because how can you really but but what does the average British Columbian or, or, or the average Vancouver resident think about this what can you tell I think the public attitudes are a lot more um I think the public is a lot more willing for significant drug policy change than governments may be prepared to enact. Like when you look at public opinion polls, people recognize that we are living through a disaster right now and they seem uh, to, to be wanting significant change. And we, we have yet to see that sort of reach the highest levels, but I do believe that people are, want change. So effective January 31st of next year. So, you know, what is that? Approximately seven months from now ish. Uh, British Columbians, 18 years of age and older. I, I'm citing your reporting, by the way. Excellent reporting at the Globe and Mail dot com. People can check it out. Uh, be able to carry a cumulative total of two and a half grams without risk of arrest or criminal charges. Uh, some people might understand why this is so significant, but but why that move? What does this accomplish? Um. So a little bit of background on, on this application. So uh, in November, British Columbia submitted a formal application to Health Canada requesting an exemption from federal drug laws to decriminalize personal possession of illicit drugs in the province. And in its application, the province, um, it said criminal laws designed to promote public health and safety were actually having the opposite effect. They invoked a charter. They said substance use is a recognized disability, and yet people with substance use disorders are being treated lesser than. Uh, They talked about the stigma associated with drug use, the fact that fear of arrest can keep people from seeking help. Um, Incarceration is associated with increased overdose risk. Indigenous and racialized communities are disproportionately affected. Criminal sanctions for personal drug use run counter to public health and government messaging about how addiction is a health issue. So they they had this long list of reasons and they sought this exemption. And this week, Health Canada granted BC the exception with some rules, some fine print. And as you mentioned, uh, by the end of next January, adults in British Columbia will be able to possess um, up to a cumulative cumulative total of 2.5. Uh, grams of illicit drugs. So this is opioids, including uh, illicit fentanyl, heroin, uh, cocaine, methamphetamine, MDMA, without fear of arrest, charges, or police seizing the drugs. Um, And as the ministers who announced this yesterday pointed out that this is very different from legalization, it's still illegal to produce traffic or export these drugs. and they were, they were pretty clear, weren't they, as well, uh, Minister Carolyn Bennett, that they were uncomfortable with a threshold above uh, two and a half grams, too, right? It's not like people can't carry a pound of fentanyl around in their trunk. Yeah, and so the, the threshold is actually a, a sticking point for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So when the province consulted with drug user groups here in British Columbia, the drug user groups said four and a half grams per drug would make sense in in the present day climate because drug use patterns have changed a lot. 
Uh, and that's true because tolerances have increased significantly because of fentanyl. A lot of people are polysubstance drug users. There's the downtown east side economy, the drug economy, there's the check day effect. The fact that a lot of people living in poverty uh, who are uh, who are living with addictions, I mean, these are the people ostensibly that are most in need of, of drug policy change. They sometimes buy in bulk to save money that, you know, two and a half grams would do absolutely nothing, but four, four and a half per drug would be good. Province said that is way too much. We'll save four and a half grams cumulative total. And what Ottawa approved is two and a half grams cumulative total. And so uh, drug policy, some drug policy experts, drug user groups says this is ridiculous. This, this is, you know, a, a half-baked measure. It's not going to have the desired effect. Hmm. I mean, I guess, I mean, governments, <clears throat> policymakers, decision makers, I mean, it's easy and, and I'm sort of inclined, uh, and I won't speak for you, Andrew, but I'm inclined to sort of say, well, what does the science say? What do the experts say? What does the evidence indicate is the best approach? Politicians also have to consider what's going to pass the test of the public as well, right? I mean, that's just what they have to consider. And what does the messaging look like here? I guess, in a sense, a lot of people will be looking to see how this impacts end result. It's it's a limited time exemption, right? Like, is this being treated in a sense as like a maybe a bit of a pilot project, or I don't want to call it an experiment, but but this isn't sort of a, uh, rewriting the law for good, is it? No, uh, and and uh, you touched on a few things there. Just um, going back briefly to the thresholds, it's a good point. We we have very scant research or data on threshold limits and what they should be. When you talk to Carolyn Bennett and I asked her about how we landed at two and a half grams, she said this was from law enforcement that 85% of drug seizures from law enforcement are under two grams. Uh, but then when you talk to people who work with, with drug users, they say that is absolutely ridiculous. Like people routinely have more than two and a half grams and they're not selling it. This is for personal use. So I have yet to see the data for myself from law enforcement. Um, you know, if this, if this data, for example, was from the 2000s before fentanyl, things have changed a lot since then. So I'm still waiting to, to see that data. Uh, and as for the time limited exemption, that's completely true too. So this is not a, a permanent change in legislation. This is an exemption that has been granted for three years. And you know, if, if we have a change in government, provincial government, federal government, I, I don't think uh, you would be reckless to place your dollar on betting that a conservative government might not renew this. Yeah, well, you've got other provinces that are already speaking out saying that they're, they're not going to do this, Manitoba included, Alberta has indicated it will not seek an exemption, surprising absolutely nobody. Uh, on our live chat, Dr. Bradley Martin, I love when he tunes in from Hinton. He's a family doc. We're so lucky to have family doctors like Bradley Martin. He says, harm reduction is a hard sell for people, but the naysayers just need to look at the data. He says, it works. It's compassionate. He says, I'm loving this interview. People shouldn't be arrested for possession when they're on their way to a supervised consumption service to use in a safe way. Uh, Scarlett's watching. Uh, she's an advocate. She does a ton of work uh, with uh, marginalized communities in Edmonton's downtown. She says we also have to say this is a great start. Uh, not everybody agrees, but some politicians do. I don't know. You you covered this uh, in partnership with your colleague Marcus Key. So I don't know which one of you spoke to Vancouver's mayor, Kennedy Stewart. Uh, was it you, Andrea? A pretty powerful clip from Vancouver's mayor saying he almost cried when he heard the news from Minister Bennett. 
So he was actually at the announcement yesterday. Mm. The city of Vancouver actually was the first to submit this application for uh, decriminalization within city limits. And then shortly after that, the province did its own thing. And uh, basically we're proceeding with the provincial application the city of Vancouver, Kennedy Stewart, uh, they're very pleased with this result and they're going to be suspending their application. But Kennedy Stewart, he he gets a, an email every Monday uh, from city staff talking about how many people have died of overdoses, how many overdose responses fire has gone to in the past week. It's nine this week. It was 12 last week. Um, he mentioned yesterday that one of those people was a family member. And so he, he said he wanted to cry when he learned the news this week and he wanted to cry during the announcement. It, it was uh, very significant to him. You know, I, th- I think we should all uh, be privy to those numbers or I think we should all be forced uh, to grapple with those numbers. I mean, you, you know, in, per your reporting since 2016, 10,000 fatalities. Is that is that in British Columbia alone? Yep. Since yeah. 2016, like in, in six years, 10,000 lives lost like to put it into perspective more than three 9-11s right i mean we we looked into i don't even know if 9-11s the the benchmark anymore i mean that's a weird thing to say isn't it it sounds callous to put it that way but maybe we need to look at covid deaths i mean we were all you know these these have been health crises that have run parallel for the last two years right we look at these numbers of people in icu or covid deaths or positive cases and it would grab our attention wouldn't it in Alberta, when we saw there's 150 in ICU, there's 300 in ICU, 400 in ICU. We're going, oh, my gosh, everybody's taking it seriously. And yet the opioid crisis, not so much. I don't know. A lot of stigma attached to it, probably. Is that fair to say? I mean, again, in the 2000s, we had roughly 200 overdose deaths a year in the province. And last year, it was more than 2,200. Yeah. It's a catastrophic loss. And you don't want to be cynical, but it's like, why, why are we not treating this with the urgency that it deserves? 10,000 people since 2016 is insane. Yeah. The lower bowl of a hockey arena, the whole lower bowl, uh, faces, humans, people's sons and daughters, people's mothers and fathers, sisters and brothers. The politicking will continue. Obviously, there are people that that don't believe that this is a move in the. And as a matter of fact, people there are people that believe that this is a, is a is a a move in the absolute wrong direction. Uh, Pierre Polyev, who's being treated uh, like the heir apparent, is leader of the Conservative Party of Canada. We'll see. They still have to vote. Uh, yesterday, tweeting decriminalizing deadly drug use is the opposite of compassionate. Those struggling with addiction need treatment and recovery. Drug dealers need strong policing and tough sentences. In closing, Andrea, you've covered stories like this. You've covered this file for a long time. What are your gen? I know you, and you'll. We we'll want to maintain your journalistic integrity, so I try to steer clear of asking you to 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 bring your opinions to the table. But but what might you say, or or what might be an important message for those that would suggest we need to better police our way out of this opioid crisis? There are two things that I think of um, when you ask that. One is uh, I was talking to a friend, Guy Felicella, who was a longtime drug user who uh, stopped using drugs almost a decade ago. He was saying to me yesterday that he's had more than 50 convictions 
um, for selling small amounts of dope to feed his own addiction. He was homeless and living on the downtown east side for a long time. He spent nine months behind bar, behind bars for half a gram of dope uh, and a breach of a bail condition, the bail condition being don't have any dope on you. Um, so he's arrested, released with conditions not to use again. This is a person suffering from an addiction and living on the streets. He'll say anything to get out of jail. He uses again, he's thrown back in there. This ruins relationships. It affects employment, housing, stability. There's this um, you know, cycle of criminal, criminal recidivism. And not to mention that, especially in the current climate, incarceration is associated with a really high risk of overdose. Uh, and so when he learned this news, like it really meant something to him. And he's not the only drug user that I talked to. It was a lot of, it was like guys in their 50s who had spent a lot of like months behind bars for their addictions, for having drugs on them. And the other person that I think of when we talk about decriminalization is Karen Ward, who also lives in the neighborhood. Uh, she is a drug policy advisor for the city of Vancouver. And she made one of the most compelling arguments for decriminalization that I've heard. And she likened it, she likened being a drug user to being gay, that until the late 60s, we in Canada still criminalized homosexuality and then we continued to pathologize it for years afterwards. And so it is discrimination enshrined in law. Um, when we have officials at every level saying that substance use, addiction, it's, it's a health issue and we need to be compassionate, that is incompatible with criminalizing people who have addictions and have drugs on them and who use drugs. Uh, and so while I, I think there's a long way to go before we stanch these deaths from the, the toxic drug crisis, I think it's an important piece that we really need to be paying attention to. Andrea Wu is a, a journalist at Canada's national newspaper, The Globe and Mail, um, focusing on substance use, mental health, drug policy, and social justice. Uh, it's always an honor to have you joining us here, sharing your talents and your perspective, Andrea. Thanks for making time for us. Thank you. It was my pleasure, Ryan. Yeah, make sure you uh, read Andrea's great work at theglobeandmail.com. Uh, her piece with Marcus Ski yesterday, BC to decriminalize possession of small amounts of so-called hard drugs like cocaine, fentanyl, and heroin. And you can follow Andrea on Twitter as well, at Andrea Wu. We push out from our official Twitter account every morning at Real Talk RJ. Uh, the guests of ours that do have Twitter handles, so you can connect with them and follow them. Um, Rhea Lisa Schmidt-Tagen that joined us yesterday live from Damascus, mm -hmm. live from Syria. It was amazing what happened after the fact. She said, um, and what a what a wild reality she's in. She says, she says, you know, I, I, I'm happy to come on. She's, she's a real talker, listens to the podcast. She said, um, I'd love to come on, talk to my fellow real talkers, do the interview, be as candid as I can. She says, but I, please don't name my organization. She says, we have reason to believe that, that they're surveilled and that people are paying attention to what they're saying. She goes, but if people want to get in touch with me, if they want to learn more about what we're doing or connect with me or learn about the agency or support the group, you know, Ryan, if you wouldn't mind, connect us through email. And that was happening yesterday. People are getting in touch with us to talk at ryanjesperson.com, including a group of people out of southern Alberta that are advocating uh, for uh, folks out of Afghanistan, for Afghani refugees in particular that helped Canadian diplomats, uh, Canadian servicemen and women over in Afghanistan. They're helping them trying to get over here. 
And this person reached out to me yesterday and said, I think we might have some alignment and we might be able to work together. And I'm sitting there going, this is amazing. This show, I mean, obviously this is the most serious stuff, people's lives hanging in the balance and, and the ability to connect people together in community is not something we take lightly. Absolutely amazing. Uh, coming up in just a couple of minutes, actress and international supermodel Ashley Collingbull is going to join us. Donovan working after that three-time world improv champion. What an addition of Real Talk. It doesn't happen without our sponsors, including our friends at Athabasca University. That's Canada's online university. I was telling you about Jennifer a great friend of the show. She's working toward her bachelor's degree in psychology. She wants to be a mental health counselor. She's looking out for her own mental health as well, though. She's got this busy course load. She's working full time. She told me this firsthand. She recognized she needed a break. She said, my studies are piling up. She goes, who am I obligated to, to complete this by date X on the calendar? Nobody. She says, I have to do what's right for me. So she took a six month sabbatical away from her studies didn't fall behind because at Athabasca University they offer the flexibility you like Jennifer can learn at your own pace on a schedule that suits your lifestyle she's pursuing her own personal wellness career fulfillment why are you going to jam yourself up on a schedule that doesn't fit your reality you're not going to get that at other post-secondary institutions you fall behind in a semester you got to drop the classes maybe your GPA suffers you feel the stress some of you have been there I know not at AthabascaU.ca. You can check out how it works, the program and courses, and then, of course, the admissions process as well on their website. If you need it again, just find it under the Sponsors tab on ours. You know, it's April 1st. If you're listening to this on the day we're doing the show, today is the day you're going to get 15% off all grocery purchases Woo! from Friesen Brothers. You on your way there today, pal? Those vegan pizzas? I'm going to load up with, like, seven. Put them oh in the freezer. Oh, my gosh. The father dough pizza. All the sourdough. Long. Woo! <laughs> so these are 16 different Friesen Brothers locations across the province of Alberta. Any grocery purchase, $75 or more. So make it your monthly shop. If your family operates like ours, it's where you get the frozen stuff, all the non-perishables, you know, that kind of stuff. The first of the month at Friesen Brothers, Alberta grown, Alberta owned. That's Friesen Brothers at Friesen.com. And Eden Landscaping reminding you this is the time are you seeing more and more landscaping crews popping up around the city this is where everybody's going like please get our yard ready for july 1st <laughs> i'm jealous of the lawn please get our yeah ours is not great no is that our I lawn need to call horrible Eden. right now <laughs> i blame the dogs we do what we can but if you have dogs it's tough to have your yard looking good you know eden knows more and more people are moving away from just the standard sod right just a big sprawling Somewhat, and with apologies to those turf experts, uninspired front yards. They've got this urban front yard butterfly approach, uh, which a lot of people are getting excited about. And, of course, landscapeedmonton.ca, where you can learn more. You can contact Mike and his team at Eden Landscaping. Well, our next guest, uh, proudly from Enoch Cree Nation in Treaty 6 territory, uh, she's an actress, uh, a sports illustrated swimsuit model, She's a motivational speaker and a soon-to-be author. And as of yesterday, per her big announcement, a CFL in-game host for the Edmonton Elks. What a pleasure to welcome Ashley Collingbull to the show. Welcome to Real Talk, and thanks for making time for us. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's been an unbelievable few years for you and, and, the, and literally, Ash, the millions of Canadians 
that have followed your career. Uh, to call you a, a, a Sports Illustrated model doesn't seem to do justice to the fact that that uh, swimsuit edition that just launched a couple of weeks ago, you are the very first indigenous model to grace those pages in Sports Illustrated history. What a month for you. Yeah, it's honestly, it's going to be such a crazy year for me. There's so much going on. I'm accomplishing a lot, but I'm just so glad I'm opening the door for other Indigenous women to walk through. That's the most important thing to me. Yeah, it's it's almost, I think, surprising to people, to be honest, when I saw that uh, and when I saw you celebrated and we're talking People Magazine, Times writing about it, Entertainment Tonight is talking about it. All of the huge entertainment outlets are celebrating this achievement of yours. I was also a little surprised that in 2022, there hadn't been an indigenous model in Sports Illustrated. Uh, did you have a minute, need a minute to wrap your mind around that? Well, when I heard the news that I was the first indigenous First Nations woman, I was just like really in shock, right? I thought, well, it's been a really long time coming, but I'm glad that it's finally happened. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. How did that door open for you? Was this something where did you have an agent working hard on the file or did SI approach you? How did this come about? Well, actually, for this edition, you have to submit yourself. So you're kind of like against thousands and thousands of other women and you submit yourself, you do the interviews, everything like that. And then once you make it past the first round, there's more castings and you're meeting all these other incredibly amazing women. And then you just wait. And I got a call probably around like 5.50 in the morning one day. And I thought I was still dreaming. Yeah, I, I didn't think it was real. I was like, wait, is, I was like, hello, is this real? I was like, let me just kind of wake up. I'm like, what? Really? Dominican Republic in a week? Okay. I'll be there. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. How does that how does something like that uh, change your life? I mean, I, I would imagine, obviously, the spotlight becomes quite a bit brighter. Um, you know who you are. Uh, it's what a way to introduce yourself to a ton of people. But but how else does it work? It's crazy. How many doors is it opened already? Mm -hmm. Like with brands, partnerships with people. And honestly, with the Swimfluence Network, with Sports Illustrated, they're doing like this equal pay this pay with change thing and you're meeting a lot of different like women that run their own brands so it's honestly opened the door in so many different ways but obviously it launched me where people are like oh she's with sports illustrated now and it's it's honestly such a rare thing to be chosen to be with sports illustrated so it's just like a huge accomplishment in itself is that something just, that you uh, that you dreamed about as a little girl i mean being an, literally an international supermodel was this always on your radar you know, when I was a little girl, I didn't even dare to dream big. I mm. didn't think I would be doing anything that I'd be doing now. And it wasn't until after I lived like a really hard life, a hard upbringing of living in poverty and abuse. Um, when I got my second chance at life, I realized that I didn't want to waste it. I wanted to push myself and, you know, push myself to pass my limits. I had to think that I'm limitless. I can accomplish anything I want to. I had to have this why not mentality. And once I accomplished one goal, I thought, well, what's next? What can I do next? You know, so now I'm this girl that just pretty much does a lot of random things. When people ask me, what do you do for a living? I'm like, well, let me think of all the things that I do. And now I can say, hey. I'm a CFL game host. So I'm like, never thought I would say that either. <laughs> yeah, congratulations. So this this announcement uh, just yesterday, you pushed this out on your Instagram, which means uh, 1.2 million people saw it. No big deal. Uh, but there you are walking out. By the way, can we, can we ask about that for a second? Do you ever like look at your, like, your followers and just go, 1.2 million? What? Like, do you still look in the mirror and go, what is going on right now? 
I'm just like, really? They're entertained with my life. <laughs> but, you know, it's crazy. Like, I have a lot of super fans that, like, have my face tattooed on their bodies. So that itself was a lot to grasp. But now I'm like, okay, this is my life now. <laughs> yeah. So you're so you're going to be taken to the field. And, and by the way, the technical producer of this show, I'm not sure if you know this, John Hicks, uh, a.k.a. Johnny Infamous. Uh, you have, have you made this announcement? I don't want to make the announcement on your behalf. Do you want to take you a second? You can go ahead now. Well, yeah, have I've you spoken waiting. to Ashley yet? We, we just he talked in me. the chat. Yeah, because uh... the two of you are going to be working together. <laughs> we are, yeah. So I'm uh, I'm signed on. I'm the official DJ of the Edmonton Elks this season, so it's going to be awesome. I went, down, I went down and met with them, and uh, I was like, you know, so who's hosting this year? And, of course, they said Chris Sheets is coming back. Sure. And, and they said... Guy, he had a twinkle in his eye as yeah. the manager. I'm like, what? What are you not telling me? And he goes, well, I can't. You can't tell anyone, but Ashley Collingville is, is coming on as well. And I was like, oh my gosh, the fans are gonna love. Like this is just great. And uh, you know, another uh, big kudos to Victor because this is obviously he's the brainchild. Victor Cooey. Yeah, he's just coming up with so many great ideas. To Ashley, was it uh, was it Victor Cooey that approached you directly about this? It was basically the whole team and I actually met with him yesterday at Commonwealth and it was like really welcoming and the thing honestly about the whole Edmonton Elks is that you know not only is it my hometown and it was like kind of always a dream to host or be with one of the sports teams here but with the Edmonton Elks I'm like okay this is really really happening but the one thing that I really loved about it partnering with them was that I get to have my own voice. I get to speak my truth and, you know, make all these suggestions to the team and they're taking it all in. Like yesterday, I told them there is a first ever all indigenous football team that's on reserve. And it's the first in Canadian history. I said, they're coming to play a game in Edmonton next Monday. I was like, can the Elks be involved? And right away, they're like a thousand percent. So, you know, when I make those suggestions towards like uplifting indigenous voices, they are all for it. And that's what it's all about, right? Is like bringing that indigenous representation, that diversity, that inclusion. And with me, I get to wear my own jersey with Cree syllabics on the back. And that's like rarely ever seen. And now I'm going to be in this huge space, own it and be proud of who I am. And that's why represent representation is just so important because other indigenous women and children and men are going to be looking at this and they'll see their faces reflected in mine. And that's just so uplifting to see. Well, it's uh, an amazing opportunity, not just for you, but for the football club as well. And you talk about representation. I was reading a couple interviews that you've granted over the last year or so. Um, and you told Entertainment Tonight Canada um, that you were just, back in the day, you described yourself as just an insecure girl from the reserve. Mm -hmm. And I think now people look at you, uh, indigenous people in Canada and non-indigenous people, and they look at you as someone, you know, they would sort of look at you as somebody that has it all, right? The brains, the beauty, the success, the spotlight, the career momentum, it's probably not lost on you that there are thousands of young indigenous boys and girls that are probably have posters of you up on the wall that probably follow your every move. A lot of them, I bet, Ash, are going to be going to football games, not necessarily to see the players. They want to see you in action. What does that mean to you? It means a lot. You know, I get messages daily from indigenous youth and like men and women about like the inspiration that I'm bringing into their lives. And, you know, it is crazy how many responses I've got from Edmonton Elks fans, the fan base that has reached out and then people who haven't been fans that are now fans because they want to come because I'm going to be there. So, 
you know, at first I was just like, wow, you know, I knew this was such a big deal, but it's even bigger than that. And I'm just so proud to be a part of this organization. And I can't wait to see what kind of season this is going to be. And I just know we're going to kick some, I don't know if I can swear. No, you can say whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, no problem. You can say we're going to kick some ass. ass. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I told you this in the email last night. I'm, I'm really excited too. We Before the team even brought on Victor Cooey, I mean, even under previous administration, I'd said on the radio, um, I used to work for the rights holder, right? And so, you know, the conversation had to be kind of, curated uh, when it came to the discussion around the name change with that franchise and some of the controversy, yeah. including people living in, in Canada's North and indigenous first nations, Inuit communities, et cetera. And I said on the, I said, I'll tell you what I felt like, and I'm not a huge football fan in the sense that, like, I mean, I love going to games. Trust me. I love the experience. I never played. I don't really totally yeah. understand the nuances of the game, but as a fan, I said, I'll tell you what, if this team commits to a rebrand, if this team commits to renaming this franchise and does it well, we'll be first in line to buy season tickets. And I said, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. I mean, I think they did a marvelous job of, of rebranding, of retaining the, the history that so many people wanted to, to protect, the, the rich history of decades and, you know, like, you know, how many Grey Cups? Like more than 14. a dozen, 14 Grey Cups, like unbelievable, yeah. right? And Warren Moon and five in a row and all of these legends that have come out of this franchise. Um, but at the same time, we are in our family. I mean, our six-year-old's so excited to be there in the stands. He can't believe it. There's this the big challenge for this football club and for this league, for that matter, is to get that next generation of fans in the seats, right? And if you're going to do it, you want to do it right. You know, you want to yes. do it in a way that's really going to resonate with people. And I maybe use this cliche too often, but you do want to have your finger on the pulse of where things are going. And I think the franchise mm -hmm. has made a few strong moves. Uh, in the right direction. I joked to Johnny with no offense to him. I said, I think you're the best signing the team's made in 10 years. <laughs> no, offense oh, to, no offense to the players, <laughs> but, I, but I think it's going to mean a lot to the fan base to have you there. Um, Sharon Morin's watching us. She's a big fan of yours on our live chat. She says, don't forget, Ashley was Mrs. Universe in 2015. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was that that feels like I mean, I remember that was kind of one of the big splashes for you, wasn't it? That must have gone a long mm. way in getting your name out there. Oh, yeah. And it was just because of how I use my platform as well. Like I used my voice. I could have just easily celebrated and went home and been with my family. But for me, it was about like, what can I use with this momentum, with this platform? I'm like, my voice can really resonate with so many people. And then at the time, you know, I just brought up a lot of uh, indigenous issues that we were dealing with in Canada. And for me, you know, if, even if it took me to call out certain government officials, I'm like, I'm going to do it because you know, I'm just trying to fight for what's right and fight for our people and fight for our land and fight for our rights. And if I have to use my voice to do it and my platform, then let's go. <laughs> would you ever would you ever consider a career in in politics or, or can you see yourself taking it in a completely different direction? A lot of people ask me that. And me, when I look at politics, I always think about voting the lesser of the evils. And mm. I don't want people to see me as an evil person. Uh. But, you know, but um, I feel like in pageants, it was basically politics and in, in like, it's the same thing. Like for me, I would always say politics is like pageants and suits. So I feel like I've been there already. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, you, you've got a book coming out. Is that right? Yes, I signed my first book deal with HarperCollins Publishing, and that's like really big deal too as well. I'm like still celebrating that. It's going to be an autobiography on my life, but in like extreme detail, and it will be coming out in fall 2023. So I'll be an author next year, which is I still got to wrap my head around everything else. And now I got to wrap my head around that. So it's just 
wow, it's a really exciting time in my life. Well, I have no doubt you'll have uh, your hubby or, or, or some loved one there to roll camera while you open that box. It's always the video people love to see an author seeing their very first book in print, the very first hardcover that they'll mail to your front door. How special will that be? That'll be crazy. Yeah. My husband has literally been that person on the side the whole time, just like taking pictures, watching all my reactions to everything that's been happening and just being like the biggest support I have. Yeah. Unbelievable. Well, Ashley, I mean, we're just really thrilled for you. We're excited for the Elks franchise. That's exciting in the city of Edmonton too. everybody in Treaty 6. And and I know with Enoch Cree Nation as well, we spoke to uh, Chief Billy Morin just a few days ago on the show. It's great to connect with him. And I know there's a lot of really great things happening with the First Nation um, in closing, can, can I just ask you to, to dig deep for a sec? You talked about your own personal history and, and you talked about the challenges and, and the abuse and, and what you had to overcome. And I'm certain that at least one person is going to listen to this interview on the podcast or they're going to see it on YouTube and you're going to be describing their circumstance currently. What would be your message to them? What would be something you would say to them to encourage them? Yeah, you know, when I was living in that hard time, when I was living through abuse and poverty, I, I didn't love myself. I had no self-confidence, and I believed that this is where I was going to be stuck forever. When I eventually got out, I had to learn to reconnect with who I am. I had to learn to let go of the past, let go of things that I can't control, because it's not my future anymore. And I had to realize that I had to learn to love myself and appreciate myself for the way that I am. And my culture, honestly, it saved my life. It pushed me through having that connection with my culture. It connected me closer with my spirit and it helped me stay on the red road. And now I'm, I'm thriving because I, you know, really relied on my identity and because of my culture, I'm this strong, empowered woman and, you know, culture can really connect you with who you are, but you have to learn to let go of what you can't control and always love and appreciate yourself for the way you were created because you were created that way for a reason. Hmm. Beautifully said. That's Ashley Calling Bull. Thanks for making time for us, and we'll see you out there this summer on the football field. Yes, let's go out. There you go. <laughs> Thanks, Ash. Have a great rest of your week. That's Ashley Calling Bull. You can follow her uh, along with more than a million other people. Amazing. Fantastic. First of all, on Instagram and then Ash Calling Bull on Twitter, too. Politics are pageants. I need a shirt that says that. Yeah. <laughs> and people, people on the live chat are like, yep. And second of all, I, I love, yeah, people already chiming in where they can get her jersey. That's yeah. awesome. I yeah. got to get mine today. It's Very cool stuff. So excited for this season. It's going to be incredible. Yeah. I also see our live chats being taken over by some filthy stuff. So, Johnny, you're going to have to jump in. I, there and I did. I'm, that trying to, for me. I'm trying to kick them out. Yeah. Right Kathy's now. going, what is up with the bots this morning? We have no idea. But uh, yeah, Happy Cat says, I feel you. Politics is definitely pageants. Sharon celebrating that Ashley's using her voice for good. Tony says, is this true? I don't want to focus on this. This is not where the focus should be, but it's real talk. Let's get into it for two seconds. Tony says, there's still so many whiners about the name change. What? Really? She says, get over it already. Stop saying it's the woke crowd pushing their agenda. That's ridiculous. I thought it was a terrific rebrand. It's a fantastic rebrand. It's like that's that to me. And I know some of the people involved with it uh, is was a masterful transition. Mm -hmm. Keeping the logo, keeping the colors, uh, invoking a team name that fits the sort of the geography of the reason the of the region, the Elks, 
um, the Elks charge, like mm-hmm. the potential around the marketing, the, uh, oh my gosh, I don't even, I, you know, there's certain things in life where you go like, you know, for, we talked to Andrea Wu about drug decriminalization. I go, yeah. wow, there's different perspectives on this and let's talk it out and let's have, this is one where I go like, nah, no, like, nah. no, we should have <laughs> stayed, but nah, no, it's, it was that scene in the office where there's the old dude and Steve Carell just kind of like ushers him out. Everybody knows the, the gif I'm talking, ushers him out and closes the door. Yeah. No, thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you for your service. Thank you. Click. We're going to talk to Donovan Workin in just a second. This this Jason Kenny's Hot Boy Summer production won't go away. They've renewed it. They've brought it back yet again. The three-time world improv champion joining us in less than two minutes. But before he does, I want to remind you that the team at Kubi Renewable Energy is hiring right now. We want to just blast this from the rooftops because we know right now there's got to be someone out there with all the experience, the skill, the ability in the world as a uh, ticketed uh, journeyman electrician or maybe even an apprentice in the earlier stage of their career. Maybe you've been overseeing and supervising people. Maybe you've been working in the oil field like Kubi's founder and CEO, Jake Kubisky, did for more than a decade. But but you're looking for something different. You want to get into renewable energy. You want to have a bright green future. KubiEnergy.ca slash careers is where you can learn about joining their team Kubi is young, they're growing, and they're reshaping the energy portfolio in Canada based out of Edmonton and Kamloops. You can live in either of those Western Canadian cities and, of course, join their installation team. They say we keep the pace fast and the beer cold. Although they let me know the beer is only for after the solar panels are installed, <laughs> Obviously, you don't not before. Fall off the roof. <laughs> you can follow the link on their website. Literally, this is what it says. Check out our badass projects. You can check out what they're doing. Just amazing work at Kubi Energy. If you have Kubi panels on your home, you probably know the deal with Park Power as well. We always encourage you to to support as many Real Talk sponsors as you can. Here's why it makes sense to support these two in particular. So Kubi gets your solar set up. You're here through the months of June, July, August, even September. Your system's going to be generating more electricity than you can use. Well, you can sell it back to the grid. You know that. But the big power providers are not going to give you as good a deal as Park Power is. As a matter of fact, they're paying back their customers almost four times what the big guys are. You can find all the details at parkpower.ca. When you take your business to Park Power, you support local and... You can save $70 off your first bill with the promo code 2022-REALTALK. Local Environmental knows that some people think it's only garbage what they do. Yeah, garbage and recycling, but not to them. They believe that communities deserve better, better service, better prices, and more support for local causes. Are you seeing this common thread with these organizations we're really proud to partner with? At localenvironmental.ca, you can request a quote today, whether it's a business Big or small, a residential scenario you're describing, or maybe even a music festival where you need portable toilets and fencing, they do it all at localenvironmental.ca. Donovan working in just a second, but first, uh, Johnny, I was wondering if we could maybe tee up that video. You know, the uh, hot boy summer, it's back. This is a, a theatrical production. No, we're, Okay, don't worry about it. We're going to get to, the, let's just get to Donovan. I want to, I'm just really looking forward to getting to this guy. We can't, okay, we're going to get to him in just a second. We're getting a little trouble with his audio. We're a little trouble with audio. Yeah, yeah, that's no problem. Well, he can hear us say that, right? So we can get that figured out. In the meantime, should we hop out to Jasper? Why don't we do that? Why don't we get to let's Jasper? Do it. Every single Wednesday, thanks to our friends at Tourism Jasper, we get an opportunity to go visit the Rockies, so to speak, right? We call it My Jasper Memories. 
And every week, an opportunity to feature a different mountain experience, a different Jasper experience. Did you know that Jasper is seen by many as a real yoga center? Yeah, they have uh, not just yoga tours, uh, but also a combination experience with trail running as well. Instead of regular hiking, why not try a new guided tour from Canadian Skyline Adventures? We're talking about unique tour offerings in the park. We know you've heard of the classics that are still very well worth your time. But Canadian Skyline Adventures knows that visitors to Jasper are looking for new and different experiences. Now, you don't have to be some sort of a super athlete to join either of these tours, trail running or yoga. They've got different lengths of runs. And for these yoga hikes, they can modify routines, just like in any yoga class. Okay, so you can enjoy small groups led by longtime locals. Now, the nice thing about the guided running tours is it's something that you can do with no driving, making it more of an environmentally friendly sightseeing option in the national park. Running on trails, of course, not just keeps the body engaged, but the mind as well. Little things, hikers know this, you gotta avoid rocks, you gotta avoid tree roots, it keeps you sharp, right? On your guided running tours, you'll be coached as well, as much as you'd like to keep correct form, They don't want anybody getting hurt out there. And then these yoga hikes. I love what they're doing with these. Sarah is their trained guide and yoga teacher, and she's leading experiences that endeavor to leave you mindful and focused. So there are multiple different length options for the hike that's involved, and then an hour-long yoga practice once you arrive after your journey. The guide's saying the body awareness, the calmness found in yoga practice can be used to balance out the more strenuous nature of hiking while bringing more awareness. I love that word, awareness of what we need to focus on in our bodies and in our everyday lives. You can learn more about these guided tours by checking out the website jasper.travel slash realtalk. That's jasper.travel slash realtalk. You can learn more about these guided tours, hiking with a twist, we'll call it. Plus, you can check out some of the past features that we've celebrated, including the rich indigenous history of the region, the best cabins, the best Jasper patios. This is a perfect time to check that out. And of course, as you're posting on Instagram and Twitter, we'd love for you to use the hashtags MyJasper and RealTalkRJ, and you can see your photos or videos featured on a future edition of My Jasper Memories right here on Real Talk. Is the three-time world improv champ ready to rock and roll? He is good to go. All right, let's get to him. Donovan Workin, can we roll this video? You want to cue up this oh, video? I do. This, this is, is, I mean, <laughs> it's going to sound great on the podcast. It's even better on YouTube. It's sort of the idea of a picture or a video being worth about a million words. Here's Donovan Workin in Hot Boy Summer. It's a hot boy, real hot boy. Yeah, there he is, the three-time world improv champion, channeling his inner Alberta premier, Jason Kenny. You know what we're realizing, Donovan, as you make your return to the show here? We need to have sort of picture-in-picture picture of you watching you perform, because that might have been even more entertaining. Yeah, <laughs> yeah wow. Uh, yeah. I mean, this show keeps going, so I love it. I love every 
Those songs are so darn catchy too. It's driving me crazy. What's actually. it telling They're you? Real when, earworm. When you first launched with Grindstone Theater, you you launched this Hot Boy Summer. What was it? Feels like about six, eight months ago, something like that. There was like a limited run, and now it's been what do you call it? Renewed or brought back three or four times. Wow. I mean, people can't get enough of this. Yeah, I mean, our first run was supposed to be uh, ten shows in October, um, and I think we've done over seventy performances now. People just keep uh, buying tickets, and so we keep doing the show. Um, so many people are just saying, oh, it's so cathartic. Oh, finally we can laugh. Oh, it's so great to be out. Um, and I think the longevity of the show, honestly, is thanks to the actual premier who just gaff after gaff after weird mistake. Um, I think one show, they clocked me at an extra eight minutes of jokes, um, that every show I'm like, oh, hey, did you see what the premier did today? I'm going to, you wait and watch. And I figure out somewhere during the show where I can add a joke. And, uh, I mean, the big one is the gas nozzle. That's. That one is a that's an awesome one. When he was when the premier was having a bit of trouble filling, put, pumping gas into yeah. his Dodge Ram. Yeah, he had trouble. He had trouble pulling out. Yeah, it yeah. was good. Yeah, well, um, yeah, I just, uh, what, what can I say about that? You must have been actually terrified. You must have been quaking in your boots uh, when you heard that the premier was going to resign because, you know, what are you going to do with your show then? I mean, good news for you, I guess. The resignation is, is not maybe what it was all cracked up to be out of the gates. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had a conversation as soon as that happened, and we were like, oh, boy, what does this really mean? Are we over? And we're like, well, we only got like 10 more shows or something, so people will still come and love it, and we'll celebrate what was. Uh, but then, yeah, in classic, uh, I guess, Jason Kenny fashion, it's, there's smoke and mirrors. What, one thing He said one thing, and now something else is happening, so... Who knows? Okay, so I'm checking out grindstonetheater.ca, and, and I see that they are marketing this, Donovan, as the final wave. Um, yeah, I don't know if that's a, I don't know if that's a COVID jab or not, but the final wave <laughs> of Jason Kennedy. I feel weird laughing about it, but uh, we laugh yeah, so we, we yeah, laugh so sure. we won't cry, right? That's the role. That, that, well, you don't know how many people have told me that uh, after the show. I've gotten so many messages, and and people that work at the ledge have come up to me and given me little tidbits, and yeah, everybody's like. Um, we have to laugh because, uh, you know, we're sad. Yeah. Well, what do, people, what do you know about your audience makeup? Because I know personally of friends that have seen it. We have little group chats and people talk about going yeah. to see the show. I've got right wing conservatives that have seen it. I've got left leaning liberals and, and NDP supporters and political, the, the politically agnostic. I mean, uh, do you get the same sense? Yeah. I mean, has this been a play for everybody? Yeah, totally. It's a play for everybody. I mean, one of the hilarious things is we were in Grand Prairie and it's pretty conservative up there. Um, and I had people coming up to me after the show and they're like, mm, you know, we didn't know it was going to be like that. That was very funny. We loved it. And we love Jason Kenny up here. Uh, so it's got a little bit, but they hate Trudeau and Trudeau takes it pretty hard uh, in the show. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there are certain jokes uh, that we make that as soon as I make those jokes, depending on the amount of laughter we get, I know exactly who's in the audience. Um, for instance, one of the interesting things is we talk about uh, stuffing the ballot box uh, to to. Uh, cheat the election allegedly um, yeah allegedly, allegedly yeah. of course no in the show in the show <laughs> uh and in calgary that got a way huger laugh than it does anywhere else because obviously uh you know that's where things were parachuted in as it were um yeah and then i can tell the teachers are in the crowd because there's a certain couple of jokes that uh, teachers really love um and so uh yeah we get a real good sense of who's in the audience so. it's it's pretty remarkable. and then they come in they come and tell me after the show. They're like, can we meet you? 
We want yeah. to tell you about our story. And well, you must that. be getting you must be getting more hot tips than we do. Uh, people want oh. to see, right? I mean, have you ever have you, have you ever been handed a hot potato where you went? I don't even know if I can do this one. I don't know if I can. Do oh, one. yeah. Oh, after the show, I've gotten little tidbits. Well, first of all, I don't know if I should say this, but apparently the premier's had some meetings about me uh, and has uh, instructed the staff of the ledge not to see the show. Uh, really? This is yeah. That's what I heard. Yeah. Um, uh, from one of the staff of the ledge, you're like, he told us we can't come see the show. So we came the next day. <laughs> yeah. He's going to start combing through library books next. Have a book burning yeah. in front of the legislature. Oh, yeah, you know, let, yeah. let your staff yeah. know what music they can listen to and what music they can't. This sounds yeah. like a totally normal reality. Yeah. Yeah. That seems about right. Totally well, it, it, normal. It, it seems about right. Yeah. You know, it seems yeah. difficult. Seems like uh, a yeah, totally normal leader down there. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then we've, I've, yeah, I've had a few people tell me some rumors and stuff that I'm just like, oh boy, I uh, I'm gonna just back away slowly from that. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, it's, so uh, so hey, but crazy. but you, but it's it's wild to hear you say that some shows, and I mean, I wouldn't put it past you. Obviously, your your people know what they're getting when when uh, when you're on stage uh, <laughs> with improv. There's not many like you, Donovan. Yeah. But eight extra minutes. I mean, that's a lot of ad libbing. Is every edition of the show or every iteration of the show quite a bit different than? I mean, if people saw it in November or December, is, is the show in June going to be dramatically different? It's a completely different show. Yeah, yeah it's uh, it's crazy. I um, yeah, well, I want to make the um, I want to make the cast laugh too, right? Because we're enjoying the show so much, and we've done it so many times. So I try to see what I can do. That uh, I, I don't want to pull away from the story, uh, but I want to make sure that they get a sense uh, that they have a good time too, right? The cast enjoys it. So uh, yeah, I'm adding stuff. Okay, what are we seeing here on the screen right now? This oh my is, gosh! Uh, tell us, because you, you've got a whole bunch of stuff going on right now, not just oh this my production. Gosh. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's the great thing. I, I may be resigning as premier, just like Jason Kenny, in the next few weeks, uh, but that doesn't mean I'm going away. Uh, that's Thundercats. I think that's the uh, Grand Film Theater did uh, Thundercats a show a couple of years ago. It was a pretty big hit. Uh, such a big enough hit, they're bringing it back. And I was supposed to be in the original cast, but. Something happened. I got busy and I couldn't do it. So uh, they asked me to be a part of this again. So I'm in another another musical. I, I don't know how that happened. I haven't seen you in in all the times I've seen you at, d- at different productions and, and some private events as well. And, and you've always held court. I've not yet seen you in a spandex bodysuit. So this is oh, going to be sort oh, of an exciting it, opportunity. It's coming. <laughs> it's it's coming. Yeah. It'll be like the Michelin Man meets. Uh, I don't want to oh, say geez. you know, but. Uh, uh, I was as I asked you before we were, uh, you know, going to connect here and you yeah. and I were chatting yesterday and I said, give me a sense of you know, I want to pump your tires and let people know where they can see you at work. And you sent me this list of what yeah, you're doing crazy. and what you have. Your summer is wild. Your summer's out of control. Uh, you're going to be doing the the hot boy summer from June 8th to 12th. Yeah. It's back and people can yeah. check that out if they want to get their tickets. Let me shamelessly plug this for you for a second. Sure, but awesome. That's great. At, we at, love at, it. at grindstone theater ca, the musical, the final yeah. wave of it, June 8th <laughs> through 12th uh, for now. Um, but then you're going to be doing Grindstone Comedy Fest. You're performing at Calgary's Folk Fest, which is always so much fun at Princess Island Park, yeah. right? You're doing Bacon Fest. Uh, yeah. If there's a fest, I'm somehow attached. If there's to a fest uh, or bacon, yeah. let alone a bacon yeah. fest. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Of course. And then and then you're going to be at K-Days. And then how cool is this? In the middle of August, uh, one of the more high profile recently departed alums of Saturday Night Live. You're going to be opening for Pete Davidson and Amy Schumer later this summer. How do you get ready for that? Yeah. 
Oh man, it's going to be awesome. We're doing the great outdoor uh, comedy fest again, another fest. Last year, uh, I was lucky enough and invited to do uh, the two nights that it was here in Edmonton. Uh, this year, they're adding a third night and they asked us back. So Atomic Improv is doing all three nights. So we are super pumped and stoked. Uh, one of the funny things I do during that show in, in our improv show is I will give 5,000 people my cell phone number uh, and then they text me dialogue to say on stage. And uh, oh man, I get hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of texts uh, after the show. People are texting me saying how much they love the show and and uh, you should have said this. So, you don't have you uh, don't have a, a friend of mine was telling me you can get the there's like two SIM cards that can go in your phone now your smartphone so you can have a number yeah. that you give away on your business card and then you can have your private oh, number. Good. You're telling me yes. you you give your private phone number yeah. to five thousand people at a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Hey, I, I'm a player. That's the player's got to play. <laughs> I guess players got to play. Has anyone you know, ever? Fifty two percent of them are. You know, fifty one point four percent are. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Has, has anyone ever abused the privilege? Have you ever uh, I had to, you know what my business card and, and I take I have sort of like an American psychotype approach to my business cards. Right. Like it's, yeah, like, yeah. I have the thickest business card you'll ever see in your oh. life. They're hand pressed. I mean, they're really yeah. special. Um, yeah. But I'm not sure if I made a mistake or not putting my personal phone number on there. So when I give right. someone my card. It's like there's access to, you know, you could call me ostensibly yeah. at three in the morning. And there was a guy that came yeah. up to me the other day. I was hosting an Oilers game. He had had a few for sure, but he made, oh, a, yeah. he made a very compelling argument why he needed my email address. And he said, just give me, he goes, just give me your card. Just give me your card. And I'm looking him right in the eyes as I'm handing my card. I, I just burn oh, holes yeah. in his eyeballs. And I said, yeah. do not call me. I said, I'm not being an asshole, but do not call me. He goes, I promise yeah. I won't call you. Sure enough, about three hours oh, later, text message. Yeah. Technically not yeah. a call, but I was like, no, buddy, no, no. we agreed yeah. to be talking on email. We agreed email. it was email, yeah. not text. So yeah. I, so I, I, my business cards are awesome. They're very thick too, but they've. Uh, it's a picture of me with holes in it. So it's uh, me as a finger puppet. So you can you can do some improv oh, with my business card. amazing. <laughs> How do you become, I was yeah. asking, we were, we were talking to Ashley Collingbull before you and, and sort of yeah. asking her, like, how did you get to yeah, where you amazing. got and, and when did you know, like, when did the spotlight start to really shine brightly and that sort of a thing? Um, Three-time world improv champ. There's a lot of people that think they're really funny that maybe yeah. aren't. And then there's yeah. those people at the very top of the pile like you. When did, what was like well, that? I what was that top of the pile, but. What was yeah. that? What was that point? When did you know that, what was the secret to your success, so to speak? Uh hanging out with my family yeah. uh and i realized i was like oh my god these people are hilarious these are the funniest people i've ever met in my life uh and then i was like oh maybe there's something there so uh yeah and then it just kind of took off i started doing shows and uh i really connected with the, you know with colleges and universities and um you know common uh, i come from a pretty blue collar family and so that's kind of uh that's who i resonate with and i am super happy about that and uh uh, yeah, I don't know. I did just for laughs a few times. I won their first uh, international improv tournament that got me, uh, allowed me to perform on their main stage. And, uh, um, you know, I chose to live in Edmonton and just keep my career going. I'm kind of a head down and keep working kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. You're always, and, and there's always, you pop up in the funniest places. Like, yeah. I know this is a yeah, bit my of, this girlfriend is a... says I'm the 
King of the Weird Gig. King of the so. Weird Gig. Well, it's, it's like, <laughs> this is like a random, it's a bit of a regional reference uh, for our national yeah. audience. But folks in Alberta, like, I, I mean, I just think the odd time I'll be somewhere, uh, you know, waiting to pick up my car at the mechanic or like I'm somewhere. And then there's there's you doing a yeah. Hughes car wash ad, just like yeah, spraying yeah. water and soap all over in slow yeah, motion. Right? I'm like, nobody does it's it awesome. quite like you, pal. Yeah, I've got like two Atco commercials running right now. So yeah. like you go to the movies and then boom, there I am on that. And so, you know, and then weird things happen. Like uh, uh, I just bought a Burger Baron sign and that made it the news all across Canada for whatever reason. You well, know, I decided I think it to might have... the Rolling Stones and boom, now everybody wants to know about it. Right? Well, I, I think it's weird. You're, yeah, but you're, you're sort of you're under you're downplaying for people that haven't heard you and I go back and forth before. Number one, you didn't buy a Burger Baron sign. You bought a Burger Baron sign and installed it on your house. Uh, yeah, to bring I, joy. To bring joy to the street. So you didn't just buy yeah. a Burger Baron sign. It, it's yeah, still well, on the house? Yeah, no, I sold my house. Oh, you sold the uh, house. But I have the sign, and I just bought a house. So Congratulations. It's going. It's, Is it going up? Did, going. You buy like a, did you buy like a nice house in the quiet suburbs that's about to have a 50,000-watt Burger Baron sign on it? or? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I did. It's a historical house in a historical neighborhood <laughs> that's getting an upgrade. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> What's more historical than Burger Baron in Alberta? Like what? It's a pe- part of our history. You think people want to? People get to pick and actually, I'm walking into a loaded. I said, you think yeah, people get to pick and go. choose history and like? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people well, are like actually that that kind of people. that kind of is how history has been taught over the last hundred yeah, years. Yeah, um, and, sure. and you're yeah, not just yeah. also you go. Oh, I like the Rolling Stones. Everybody wants to talk. Yeah. You've seen them like fifty yeah. times. Yeah, well, 30 times. 30, yeah, but, okay. you know, whatever. Oh, just 30. Yeah, 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 just 30, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe that's part of it. And I think it's one of the things I teach uh, when I teach improv. It's like have a passion, right? People are helpers. Uh, they just don't know how to help you. And so you got to give them, show them you have passion about something. Uh, and then they will they will find a way to help you with that. So uh, I've been fortunate enough. That's what I think I just do naturally. If I find something I love, uh, I, I go all in. Well, I'm, I couldn't be happier to see uh, Hot Boy Summer enjoying the run that it has. I don't think, I mean, d- did anybody involved know that it was going to do what it's done with regards to the so. reach it's had? And I mean, how many, t- how many yeah. times has it been renewed, Donovan? Four? I think, I think we're on our fifth wave, honestly. Yeah, and we're actually performing it three nights at K-Days. K-Days is building us a, a beautiful uh, theater uh, in one of the halls, a 1,500-seat theater. So we're going to do three shows there, apparently. So once you get in the gate, uh, so yeah, uh, when I got the script or when I got asked to do it, uh, I was like, this is something I want to be a part of, but I didn't expect it to be like this big. It's fantastic. Uh, it's been a real honor and, uh, I feel super lucky to be a part of it. Before we go, I'm just, I'm checking out the link. People can uh, listen to the album. They can view the playbill. They can uh, buy, they can reserve their tickets right now at grindstone theater dot ca uh I, I see there that uh uh you channeling your inner premier it, it, it appears to be that you're you're grappling with a with a freedom protester in front of a big rig uh, how much of a rewrite yeah. or how much content changed how much did the plot change with that freedom convoy oh boy well i mean we did one show that kind of spurred the freedom convoy joke where 50 uh, 50 people in our audience were 10 minutes late because they got stuck behind uh, the Freedom Convoy. Okay. Uh, and so, yeah, that instantly became part of the show. So uh, uh, we were going to cut the jokes after a while because, you know, now that the Freedom Convoy settled down. But I was like, I don't think so. I think it's still a thing that people are really um, 
uh, aware of. I well, won't say like, uh, happy or upset. I'll say aware of. There's still protests on the weekends, and I'm not. I'm not really sure what they're protesting. Yeah. Well, anymore, we got to but... get rid of that mask mandate, yeah. Ryan. We got to get rid of that mask. You mandate. know what I think it is, and I don't. And, and actually, I think that I. I don't mean to always be sarcastic. I don't mean to always yeah. be a dick. But you know, there's there's. I, I think that also some people just found their people. And, yeah, and, agreed. And, and yeah, now and it's like these are their people, and whether or not there's reason to gather, they just still yeah. want to gather. And 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 to a certain degree, I guess it's kind of sad and maybe a little bit encouraging in a way. Too, yeah, no, I think people it's awesome. Found people support yeah. and let them I don't find know. their people. Let them find let their them people together. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know. Just you know, let's keep let's keep it positive. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Well, you know, for the good of Alberta, um, this is a weird thing to say about your production. Uh, I'm hoping that you run out of material at some point, um, but but for your own career, I'm thrilled that that has not yeah. yet happened. How's that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, fingers crossed. My career seems to be doing okay, even without Jason Kenny. <laughs> yes. uh, and uh, let's let's hope the rest of the province is too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's Donovan working. You can get your tickets at GrindstoneTheater.ca and and Donovan, where do you want us to send them as well? AtomicImprov.com is where you've got a lot of stuff going on. People yeah, can check out where they can find you too. Yeah, absolutely. There's a link up there that uh, talks about all my shows and how you can get a hold of me if you want to hire me for your events or your backyard or, you know, your bar mitzvah. Uh, <laughs> we're around and uh, happy to help. So, Good stuff, uh, my man. Thanks. Well, it's always great to see your face. Congratulations awesome. on the on the fifth wave of Jason Kenny's Hot Boy Summer. Yes. Donovan Workin joining us. Thank you. Have a yeah. great afternoon. Yeah, you as well. You can follow him on Twitter and Instagram as well at Atomic Improv. Just another boring interview on Real Talk. Just another boring interview. I'd like to take this moment to uh, congratulate you on uh, juggling Baby Watch 2022 and still putting together a killer show for today. <laughs> Thanks, pal. Because <laughs> I, I was like, what's going to happen today? Because I know yesterday. No was idea. Kinda, uh, well, and I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't, None of we us, don't know, right? But you know what, John? None of us know what's going to happen tomorrow. Life comes at you pretty fast. It does. <laughs> and so maybe we'll be here tomorrow and maybe we won't. But if we're not, I better mention right now that our friends at Grand Dog Essentials Quality Raw Food want to remind you they've got a blog. This is, in my mind, one of the most valuable resources for animal lovers in particular. Not just dog lovers, but cat lovers too. When you think Grand Dog Essentials, you think dogs for obvious reasons. But they've also got options for your cats. A raw diet has so many health benefits. You can check out their blog at granddog.ca to learn a lot more about, you know, why your dog may be refusing its food, how you're going to properly thaw and store raw dog food if you're just getting into it, probiotics, prebiotics, food allergies, even what your dog's poop is telling you. That's right. And if you go to the Shop Now link, you can see all their products, including for cats which is a really neat opportunity uh, for you to ensure that your beloved four-legged family member, or even three-legged, John, I mean, some of them, the, those tripod dogs and cats out there, the heroes every day <laughs> that don't miss a beat, you can learn more about it and get set up for delivery right to your door, just like we get every single week in Calgary, Edmonton, and cross-central Alberta, granddog.ca. The promo code REALTALK gets you 10% off your first-time order. Our friends at Infinity Healthcare, we were talking to you earlier about job opportunities, career opportunities, they're hiring so frequently, they just leave it up on their website at infinity-8.ca. If you're a healthcare aide, if you're an experienced, licensed, practical nurse calling all LPNs, customer care navigators, or Infinity Healthcare ambassadors, 
your new career could start today with Infinity Healthcare. And if you are a family that's looking for reliable, intuitive, empathetic care, home care for your loved one, you're going to want to look at what Infinity offers. You want to make sure grandpa's getting the food that's provided. You want to make sure grandma's taking her meds. You want to make sure mom or dad have someone to talk to for an hour a day or so. Is the cleaning getting done? Is the laundry where it needs to be? I mean, these are all tasks that healthcare aides can help ensure are completed with the compassion you'd expect for your loved ones. That's what Infinity does at an infinity-8.ca. And as we wrap up today, I just want to remind you again that it's coming up in three weeks. Three yes. weeks tomorrow is the Real Talk Golf Classic. This is our inaugural golf classic. You go to events at ryanjesperson.com and then the Real Talk Golf Classic. And Johnny, as we wrap the show here, I just want to remind everybody this golf tournament is in support. Every single dollar we raise of the Real Talk Julie Rohr Scholarship, our way of honoring a dear friend of the show who passed just a short time ago. We're going to make sure that a post-secondary student that's lost a parent to cancer gets $5,000 a year. So the last thing they have to worry about is their tuition. That scholarship's going to be funded by this golf tournament. And so we hope to see you all out there Thursday, June 23rd, 2 p.m. Shotgun start at the Ranch Golf and Country Club. Johnny's DJing. I'm going to be there hitting tee shots and handing out cigars. We've got some great partners, food, beverage, a steak dinner to follow, and, of course, a whole lot of fun. If you know us well, you know that's the case. RyanJesperson.com. Check out the events link. That's June 23rd. Hope to talk to you tomorrow. Real Talk is hosted by Ryan Jesperson. Technical producer, John Hicks. Managing director, Josh Dunford. Account coordinator, Lawrence Sterlego. General manager, Katie Cook-Chivers. Website design, Mike Johnston. Voiceover by me, Carrie Skelton. Real Talk's editorial board is Supriya Duvetti, Ahmed Ali, Anne Castleman, Corey Hogan, Harmon Candola, Catherine O'Neill, and Chris Henderson. Member emerita, Julie Rohr. Real Talk is recorded in Edmonton, Alberta on Treaty 6 territory, the traditional and ancestral territory of the Cree, Dene, Blackfoot, Salto, and Nakota Sioux, home to Métis settlements and the Métis Nation of Alberta. Real Talk is the flagship property of Relay Communications Group Incorporated. All rights reserved. For more, check out ryanjesperson.com.